circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, oh. hero! Welcome to the WHL Podcast. I'm Zach Hodder, the Manager of Player Development for the Western Hockey League and your host for this week's episode. On this week's show, we have first-round picks Jake Neighbors and Ozzy Weisblatt, as well as Derek Ryan, who never heard his name called at the NHL draft, but managed to break into the NHL at the age of 29. But before all that, it's time for the news and notes for October 21st, 2020. The WHL has announced that the regular season will commence on January 8, 2021. The regular season games will be played in division with Saskatchewan and Manitoba forming the East Division, the five Alberta clubs consisting of the Central Division, and the BC and US divisions following suit. All players will report to their clubs following the Christmas break. A trio of WHL first-round picks from the 2020 NHL Entry Draft have signed their entry-level contracts. Ozzy Weisblatt from the Prince Albert Raiders was first, signing with the San Jose Sharks after being selected 31st overall. Oil Kings forward Jake Neighbors, who was selected 26th by the St. Louis Blues, was second to put pen to paper. And Caden Gooley from the Prince Albert Raiders and Ozzy Weisblatt's teammate, who was picked 16th overall by the Montreal Canadiens, joined Ozzy by signing his first professional contract. On to WHL news, we finally have something going on. The Regina Pats have acquired Tom Cadu from the Tri-City Americans in exchange for a third and seventh round pick in the 2023 WHL draft. Cadu was originally selected 34th overall by Tri-City at the 2017 WHL draft and has appeared in 96 games with the Americans, recording one goal and nine assists to go along with 26 penalty minutes. That's it for the news and notes for this week. For everything WHL, make sure you check out our website, whl.ca, and our Twitter handle, at the WHL. Open ice hits galore all of a sudden. Sacha. Here comes Neighbors driving away. Backhander. Scores! What a shot! Oh, Jake Neighbors backhander on the rush. It's 4 3 Edmonton. I'm talking with today the 26th overall selection in the 2020 NHL draft. He's Edmonton Oil Kings forward Jake Neighbors. Jake, how's this past week been for you ever since you heard your name get called by the St. Louis Blues? Yeah, it's obviously been crazy, uh, but a whirlwind of emotions and, um, you know, obviously a ton of excitement and, um, you know, a ton of happiness and gratitude in my family for St. Louis and, and you know, selecting me at 26 there was um, you know, an honor and I'm, uh, you know, very happy with where I ended up and, um, you know, it's been a crazy week for sure. You know, just as somebody watching the draft, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be yourself sitting on that couch for that long on camera, on the zoom call, waiting to have your name called. Did you have any idea that St. Louis was going to be the team that ended up taking you? Uh, not really. No. Um, we kind of went into the draft, not sure where I was going to go. And, um, you know, I talked to St. Louis quite a bit early in the season and, um, you know, they were very fond of me and I knew that, but, um, you know, had no indication that they were going to take me and, um, you know, didn't hear from them leading up to the draft or anything like that it was so was kind of going, going into it blind and, um, you know, it obviously uh, turned out pretty well. So very happy with the, with how it went. Now, um, you know, you participated in the CHL top prospects game this year and actually the weekend after that game happened, I was talking with 
uh, one of the NHL team's director of scouting, and they said that you were the player that, in their mind, did the most that game to help themselves. And I'm not going to say that one game helped you get drafted in the first yeah. round, but what was that experience like? Because it's it's a very busy but very quick weekend, and for you, you had to fly all the way to Hamilton. So, you know, how did you prepare for that, and what was the actual experience like? Yeah, it was awesome. Obviously, getting to go and, and to play in a game like that with a bunch of high-talent hockey players is, um, you know, an honor and, um, you know, definitely something I was very proud of. And, um, you know, it was a crazy weekend for sure, I think. Um, you know, I flew in there actually late, like later than most of the guys that were in because of because uh, I had to write a diploma before I went. So um, I ended up getting in a bit late, kind of a hectic schedule. And, um, you know, but once I finally got settled in, it was awesome. And, yeah, kind of my mindset going to that game was just uh, to not change who I am or how I play. Um, just because of the game that I'm in, I, you know, I tried to stay physical and, um, you know, bring that energy type game that I, that I try to bring consistently. And, um, you know, that was kind of my game plan going into there. And that game you play has helped you so much in your career so far. I mean, you look at what you did at 16 years old, you had 40, uh, 24 points in 47 regular season games, but then turn to the playoffs and you have 12 points in 16 playoff games. How much of an impact do you think that that strong playoff run that you guys went on and the performances that you had helped you heading into this season? For sure. I definitely built a lot of confidence in that playoffs and, um, you know, getting to, to go in the, on that run to the Eastern Conference Finals and, um, you know, do it in a, in a pretty high role for a 16-year-old was um, you know, definitely confidence boosting. And, um, you know, I think I took advantage of that. So, um, you know, that playoff run was awesome for me to, to kind of get a taste of, you know, what playoff hockey is like in the WHL. And, um, you know, at the same time, help me transition into next season smoother. And this season, you had a terrific year as well. 23 goals, 47 assists, 70 points. And, you know, one of the cooler stories, I think, about the draft for us this season was the fact that you and your good friend, Ozzy Weisblatt, both went in the first round. Ozzy actually just signed his first entry-level contract with San Jose, so congratulations to him. But yeah. I asked him the same question, and I'll ask it to you. There's three brothers currently in the Western Hockey League right now. Orca, Ozzy, and Oasis. You put the three of them in a ring, who's going to win? Oh, that's a tough question. I don't know. I think I gotta take uh, I gotta take Oz. He's got some battle in him. He uh, he doesn't like to lose too much, but um, you know, I that'd definitely be a battle to till someone's knocked out. I think that would be that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, you know, he said that Oasis would probably win because he's so used to getting beat up. He's the toughest out of the three of them. So. Oasis is definitely the toughest, but he's uh, obviously still a little bit younger. So I don't know if he'd win the fight, but. He's definitely, uh, you know, one of the strongest for sure as well. He's, he's strong for his age. Yeah, he's preparing for the war. You know, my last yeah. question for you, and this is more just a, a general knowledge question here, but you got sent 31 jerseys and hats for yeah. the draft. What happens to those jerseys and hats? Do they let you keep them or do you have to send them back? Yeah, so they only, they only sent hats, so we didn't get any jerseys. But so for the hats... Um, you know, I kind of, you know, obviously held on to him, figured out what team I was going to. And then um, kind of after that, it was whoever I was, whoever texted me first and, you know, dibs, whatever team that they wanted. But, um, you know, obviously I, I had a couple friends that went in the draft. Garen Bjorklund went to, to Washington there in the sixth round. And so me and Oz kept our, our Washington hats and gave them to him and his family. And, um, you know, my, my other buddy, Ronan Seeley, got drafted to Carolina. So I gave him my Carolina hat and. Um, you know, trying to dis to disperse them to people who deserve them and um, and who need them. So, but other than that, they're kind of they're up for auction. So, hey, that's a great move. You know what? 
you know what? You you just graduated high school. You're in the real world now. You got to make some money yeah. somehow. You got a bunch yeah. of extra hats there. Let's get them out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, Jake. Well, congrats again. Uh, best of luck as we get ready for the season here and enjoy the rest of the time that you have with your family. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks to Jake and his family and congratulations again on being selected in the first round of the NHL draft. Up next, we have Derek Ryan, a Spokane resident and former Spokane chief. He's a current Calgary Flame, and it took him took him a little bit longer than most people to get to the NHL, but he's there and he's established now. I caught up with him at his home in Spokane. I'm here with Spokane. Well, I'm here with former Spokane Chiefs forward, Spokane resident, and current Calgary Flame. That is Derek Ryan. Derek, have you enjoyed your off season since coming home from the bubble? Yeah, it's been nice. It's been really nice to, um, you know, get out of the bubble and be back with the family. Uh, the first couple of weeks were pretty awesome. The kids missed me. I missed the kids, missed the wife. And so the, the reunion there is pretty fun for everybody, for both sides. And um, yeah, it's nice to be in Spokane now. I haven't been in Spokane during the fall season for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, I guess, since when I played for the Chiefs. So um, it's cool to be back. I'll get to do a little trick-or-treating with the kids for the first time in a while and and spend the U.S. Thanksgiving together too. So it's been nice. It's a nice time of year to, to be with the family and I get to be a dad a little bit too along the way, which is nice. Well, what are you dressing up for this year's uh, your Halloween costume? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't have anything, but uh, my two kids, uh, I have a little girl, she's four and she's going to be a Pegasus. So a flying unicorn, I guess. I don't know. And then uh, my oldest, Zane, he's six and he's going to be a knight in shining armor. So they're pumped. I think it's all about the candy more than the, the costumes for them anyways. No, that's awesome. I mean, the candy's my favorite part and I'm old now. So, uh, you know, luckily for you, you got two kids to take with you. It's a little more awkward at 27 walking up to a door and asking for some stuff. But, uh, you know, speaking of Spokane, it's where you're from. It's where you've played. You played junior B with the Braves and then you moved on to the Spokane Chiefs where you played three years. You broke into the league at 18 years old, which will become a theme in your career. Uh, you had three very good seasons, and then at 20 years old, you opted to play three games with Kalamazoo, who was then in the United Hockey League, before deciding to go to the University of Alberta. So for yourself, coming out of junior hockey, you know what options did you have, and why did you ultimately decide to go up to the U of A? Yeah, that's a major crossroads for me and for a lot of players, I think, too. You come to that crossroads where, um, you know, I didn't get drafted in the NHL. I didn't really have any NHL contract opportunities or even playing in the American Hockey League. So basically at that point, I'm making the decision whether I want to go and play minor pro, uh, you know, in the East Coast Hockey League or something like that, or pursue an education somewhere. And, um, you know, my parents were really good along the way before I even played for the Chiefs. And then afterwards, they really stressed education for me. Um, that was a huge part of my decision to play for the Spokane Chiefs. And the first part was, um, you know, securing a, a paid uh, invitation and go to school and all that kind of stuff that was important for us. So schooling just always was in on the back burner a little bit and during when I was playing the Western League. But um, when I came to that crossroads and make that decision, I knew I didn't want to waste that. And so basically made a huge decision. It's really hard at that point in your life, you know, 20 years old um, to be able to make that decision. But my dad and I always look back and 
and joke a little bit about uh, that being one of the best decisions I ever made was go play hockey at the U of A. Um, just a great, great camaraderie up there, a great culture, a great program, and definitely never regret that decision. I was able to pursue an education. I got my bachelor's degree up there and uh, played some top-notch hockey at the same time. What was that transition like from for the school aspect of deciding to go to university? I know you spent your entire life in the States and you know, this is the first time you're really moving to Canada, coming into our, our school system and our post-secondary school system. Was that an adjustment for you or was that something that you prepared for and expected? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I definitely prepared for it and I almost expected it in terms of after I graduated from high school, I was kind of on the ball taking courses at the community college here in Spokane and preparing for it in that regard. But at the same time, as much as you prepare for it, it's it's a transition. It's hard. Um, your life in the Western Hockey League, I joke around a little bit, but it's true. It's pretty easy. I mean, you're focused yeah. on school, you have high school, and then after high school, maybe you're taking some community college classes. But I think I was only taking one, maybe two classes a semester. And other than that, you're just playing hockey. So life's pretty good then. You have a lot of freedom, not a ton of responsibility. And then you transition to university life, which the school you mentioned, that's hard. Um, usually guys are taking four or five classes a semester. The workload is extreme. And then you're trying to be your best hockey player at the same time. So um, you have that going on. And then you're also trying to learn how to provide for yourself a little bit. I, I know for myself living in Spokane, I was kind of spoiled living at home and mom and dad take care of you. I think it's the same for most players where the billets, mom and dad are taking care of you. And then you transition to university life where, you know, you're cooking for yourself. You're going to the store on a regular basis to get groceries and trying to eat healthy and live right. So you have all those different aspects, um, you know, of real life that kind of come on you right away suddenly. And I think it's a great time for players and and individuals to grow up really fast. And you know, that was definitely the case for me. And that growing up definitely helped you because at the end of your U sports career, you're named the MVP of all U sports. You're the top forge, you're the top point score. You have options. You now have a degree too. So what went into your decision to choose to go to Hungary to play in the EBLE, which is now just called the ICE HL, which stands for ICE Hockey League. They went really unique on that one um, to head over there because you ended up being in the EBLE for three seasons before transitioning to the uh, Swedish Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, that's another crossroads there. A bunch of guys go through where you're done with your university career. Hopefully you have a degree. And you kind of have to decide if you want to enter the real world, I like to say, and get a real job, or um, maybe you pursue some more education. At that point in my career, I was trying to decide if I wanted to be a pharmacist, which at that point I had my undergraduate degree, but I needed to enter pharmacy school for another four years. So if I was going to do that, hockey would basically have been done. And to be honest, I was kind of 50-50 whether to go that way or to try and play pro somewhere. So um, just kind of weird to look back now and think, you know, I could have stopped playing hockey, whereas now here I am playing in the NHL. So it's just crazy how those little decisions along the way can add up. And um, so, yeah, for me, that decision was just based on the fact that I had a ton of success at the U of A, um, had a ton of love for hockey, a, a lot of drive left and wanted to just see, you know, where this European career could take me. 
maybe I could stake out a little bit of a career over there and make some decent money and, and just enjoy a couple of different cultures, getting to see the world a little bit. And I think there's a lot to be said about those opportunities for guys coming out of U uh, sports. And you did, you got to play in three different countries. You were the MVP of the EBLE in 2014. And then in 2015, you followed it up with the MVP in the SHL. And then you signed with the Carolina Hurricanes. And the next season, you made your first ever appearance in the NHL at 29 years old. And that's something I'd like to talk to you about. You know, most guys are breaking into the NHL at 19 to 23. And for yourself at 29, having not only played in the Western Hockey League till 20, then doing a full degree and then spending four years overseas. You know, what was it like sitting in your car the day before you walked into the rink for the first first time you're ever going to play in the NHL? Yeah, pretty overwhelming. Um, kind of one of those moments where it's really hard to put into words. I mean, talk about a long convoluted journey, you know, just the, the NHL wasn't really on the radar after playing for the Chiefs. Um, during my time at the U of A and in Austria and in Sweden, I was more focused on, you know, carving out a bit of a, a European career, um, providing for my family over there. And then all of a sudden, I have a really good year in Sweden, uh, super highly scouted league where NHL teams kind of got to see me, I guess, for the first time in several years. Um, and all along this journey, you know, I have guys that are well connected in NHL teams, scouts or managers or whatever it is saying, um, you know, just telling me you're going to be a good European player, but you can't play in the NHL. And so you have all these outside voices and extrinsic factors kind of pushing down on you, but motivating you at the same time. And to have that culminate in a moment where, you know, I get to call my family and, and tell them that I'm going to play in the NHL the next day and uh, score a goal in my first NHL game too. I mean, talk about uh, a one defining moment in the whole journey. That's probably it right there where, you know, I score the goal. I have my family there, my wife, my dad, my sister, my son. And, you know, just one of those moments where you get back to the bench and the tears kind of, flood in your eyes a little bit and just a really special moment for myself and my family and it's hard to put into words but I mean a lot of work went into it and you just kind of trying to take it in as it comes I guess and you've done that you've established yourself in the NHL now you're in your final year of a three-year deal you signed back in 2018 with the Calgary Flames and it's really found like you found your place on that Flames team you've established yourself as a very good two-way forward that's really come in and with a young player like Dylan Dubé and a veteran player like Milan Lucic had a very good line last season. And, you know, looking forward to this year, you know, what are your guys' expectations? You just brought in Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev. You know, it, it looks like a team that can really make a push. And for yourself, who's now, you know, what's funny is, you know, you're 33 years old, played over 300 games in NHL, but, you know, there's some very young players that have been in the NHL for a long time on that team. It's a really unique mix. But what are your guys' expectations heading into next season? Yeah, that's a good question. And for myself, you know, I consider myself a, a low mileage player, but I am 33. So I, I'd, I'd like to say there's some road left. Um, but at the same time, you never know how many years can be left. So I'd like to win. And that's kind of how things go. I think in most guys' careers, as they get towards uh, closer to the end, they, the winning becomes most important. And I feel like with the, the off-season acquisitions that we've made in Markstrom, Tanev, um, with our younger players getting better, bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced, 
I mean, I think the time to win is now. And I think that Brad, our GM, has done a great job putting together a pretty strong roster. And I consider ourselves a contender. So I think for us, and at least my mentality right now, is it's time to go to work and put in the work that it's going to take to win and focus on winning because that's, uh, that's what everybody wants. And I think that the time is now for the Flames to do that. Well, uh, Vegas uh, owner Bill Foley last night talking about how there could be a Canadian division this year, which would be, you know, exceptional for hockey fans. I know for you guys, that might be a little much on the travel wise heading down to Montreal a couple times a month. But with that being said, you've, you finally, you know, you're in your third year in Calgary. You, I don't want to say bounce around because you've continued to move up the chain, but you've played in a lot of different markets in a lot of years. Have you been able to take part in any community initiatives with the Flames that, uh, you know, have been enjoyable for yourself? Yeah, we do a great job. Our, our PR staff in Calgary does a great job putting us in great situations to support the, the Calgary community. Um, obviously, it's great to give back to the community in Calgary. There's some great hockey fans in that city and some great people in need as well. I know we spend a lot of time at the, the Children's Hospital. Uh, we go there once or twice a year and play some ball hockey with some of the the sick or ill kids that are there. That's always a great day to see them. And um, I know they're in pretty tough situations. So it's fun just to put a smile on their face. Um, a couple other things we do. I've spent a little bit of time at wind sport with some of the young hockey players there and um, whether it's on the ice with them or even just up in the conference rooms, talking to them. And uh, like we've talked about this whole time, my story is pretty unique. There's a lot of great messages in there for young players. Uh, the hockey world seems to be pretty, I don't know, stuck or in the same regimen that you have to play a certain way and go on a, a certain route to get to the NHL. And, and my story is kind of the, the antithesis of that. So it's good for young players to see that there's uh, different routes to get to the NHL, um, you know, perseverance, sticking with it, hard work. Uh, never quitting. All these great messages are for kids, and I love sharing it with the, the young hockey players in Calgary. It is a great message. I mean, it goes back to Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. That's certainly what you are. You're the, totally. You defied the expectations, but you earned everything you got, that's for sure. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the time that you're able to spend with your family back in Spokane, and you're ready to go once the season starts next year. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Derek for stepping away from dad duties to talk a little bit about his career. Up last on the podcast, he was the last pick in the first round of the NHL entry draft. He had to sit on that Zoom call for a very long time, but it was worth it in the end as he just signed his first professional contract with the San Jose Sharks. It's Ozzy Weisblatt talking to us about what it was like to get drafted just last week. I am here with Prince Albert Raiders forward and first round pick of the San Jose Sharks. That's Ozzy Weisblatt in Calgary, Alberta. Ozzy, what has the week been like for you since since you're selected by San Jose, 31st overall? Yeah, it's 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 been un- unbelievable. I mean, the amount of support I've got from from family and and friends is has been amazing. And you know, it's it's been a crazy week, but um, you know, I, I definitely can't complain. Well, you know, you're sitting there at the end. I couldn't imagine sitting on, on a Zoom call, waiting for your name to be called. You get to the final pick. Did you have any idea that San Jose was interested in taking you or were going to take you with that pick that they had at 31? Yeah, I, I had an idea. I mean, prior to the draft, a couple of days before, we, we had a really good um, FaceTime call and 
you know, it really felt like more of a conversation than, than an interview. So, um, you know, they did a great job making me feel, you know, that they letting me know that they cared. And, um, you know, I, I really couldn't be happier. When you talk to San Jose, what about your game did they really like? And, and what type of player do, do they expect you to be once you get to their training camp? Yeah, I think they, I think they really like my compete level and, you know, I protect the puck well and, you know, there's, there's an engine in me that, you know, never stops. So, you know, I, I think they just, you know, like the type of person I am off the ice too. I mean, um, I, I think that I was a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to, to be a shark. So. When you were picked, the reaction that came out of your guys' house was probably was my favorite out of the whole draft your entire you know your family went crazy who was there with you that day and and what did it mean to be able to share that with with your brothers your mom and your friends yeah I mean uh I had a couple friends over and um you know my family and uh, my brothers so it was was just really a special moment for for myself and um everyone everyone that was there so um it really couldn't have gone any better looking forward to next year we should have three of the wise Flat brothers in the WHL. We got Orca in Calgary. We got yourself in Prince Albert, and then your youngest brother Oasis in Medicine Hat. If we were to put the three of you in a ring, who comes out on top? I, I really I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe my youngest brother. I mean, he's he's always been getting beat up since he was a little kid. So I mean, he's he's probably the toughest out of all three of us. So maybe maybe Oasis. Maybe Oasis. He's got to watch his back next year. He's got two of you now coming for him yeah, next year. Yeah, <laughs> no, he better keep his head up. You know, Ozzy, when you came into the Western Hockey League at 16 years old, it's a really tough league to break into. And you found a way to establish yourself on the Prince Albert Raiders as a very important player, especially when it came to the end of the season and through the playoff push. What do you think you did to gain Mark Habscheid's trust, as well as the trust of those veteran players on the Raiders in that uh, championship season? Yeah, I think it was it was hard work. I think when you're 16, you wanna you wanna show the coaches and especially the older guys that you, you know you're not gonna back down just because you're the youngest guy on the team. So you know I've always really had that mentality, and you know I think that's that's something that my coach uh, Habby really liked. So you know I think it's just compete level and uh, just just wanting to to win every day. Well, you're not one of the youngest guys anymore. You're gonna go into your third season. It's crazy how quick the time flies. Uh, you know, you're going to have the opportunity to compete for Team Canada. You're going to be a leader on the Prince Albert Raiders this season. You know, what what type of leader are you, and what are you going to bring to the team this year that's, uh, that's different from the past two seasons you've been there? Yeah, I think I just have a lot more, um, you know, experience. I think, you know, with playing already two years in the league, I, I think I've learned a lot of things and already have won a championship. I think that's, that's even more. So, you know, I, I think I'm a very vocal leader and, you know, also someone that uh, – you know, you can talk to you for anything. So, you know, I want to be a, a good role model for the, the younger guys and not, not let them be too shy. So, you know, this draft was, you know, it was a great draft for the Western Hockey League. We had seven players going the first round, but one of your good friends and a former teammate of yours, Jake Neighbors, also was a first round pick. What does it mean to you to have somebody that you've grown up with? You played your U18 AAA season with him. Uh, on the Buffaloes to go through this experience together and to be able to lean on each other. What, what were, what advice and what did you guys talk about leading up to the draft and after it happened? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we've been together through uh, hockey, Alberta things and team Canada things. So, um, you know, we've, we've basically uh, been through everything together. So it's super special. And to have a guy to, to talk to 
about what you're going through and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's been huge. And um, I think when he got picked, it, it was just a, it was an awesome moment for, uh, for him, but you know, my family was just ex as excited. So. Yeah. You know what? It's been a great story. Uh, all the best to you and your two brothers next year. It'll be great to watch you guys out there all playing. Good luck when you finally get the chance to go to San Jose Sharks camp. And again, congratulations on everything. I hope you really enjoy this time before we get the season started. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's it for the podcast this week. Thank you again to Jake, Ozzy, and Derek. Congratulations to all the players that were selected in the NHL entry draft. And to those who weren't, just look at Derek Ryan's journey. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Cotter. You can follow the Western Hockey League at the WHL. I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope you come back again for next week's episode, which will drop on Wednesday.